Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. As Paul talks about the secret of being content, he begins really before verse 10 in chapter 4. So we'll start reading in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again. Rejoice, let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if anything is excellent, if anything is praiseworthy, think about these things. The things that you learned, received, heard, or saw in me, keep doing these things, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice greatly in the Lord now that you have revived your concern for me once again. Actually, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I lack anything. In fact, I've learned to be content in any circumstances in which I find myself. I know what it is to live in humble circumstances, and I know what it is to have more than enough. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, while being full or hungry, while having plenty or not enough. I can do all things through Christ, who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you did well by becoming partners with me in my affliction. We pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The Apostle Paul didn't have a lot of reasons for which to give thanks He was writing this letter to his brothers and sisters in Christ in Philippi while he was sitting in a prison cell in Rome. And yet, the theme for his whole letter to them was rejoice. We aren't sitting in a prison cell this Thanksgiving. And few, if any of us, really knows what it's like not only to sit in a prison cell, but to be without things that we need. We may not have everything we would like to have for Thanksgiving this year. We might have looked at the rising prices and said, well, I'm just not going to buy that this year. But our tables will still be full, and so will our stomachs. And those who are really in need or in want, by God's grace in our country and our community, we have all kinds of different ministries and shelters and things that will make sure anybody who wants it has plenty of food for Thanksgiving. Paul was in prison, content and rejoicing. We're free. We have more than we need, and yet we're often tempted to be discontent and complaining. Paul learned the secret of being content in any and every situation in which he found himself in life. What was that? So we heard those few verses earlier before the ones that we read earlier in the service, he tells the Philippians not to worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So we sing in the hymn, take it to the Lord in prayer. Take all of your worries, take all of your cares, take all of your troubles and talk to God about them. 
Tell him what you need. Go to the one who is almighty, with whom nothing is impossible, and ask for his help. And trust that he's going to do what he promised, that he's going to answer your every prayer in the way that is absolutely best for your eternal welfare. Paul tells us that he learned by experience that when you let your requests be known to God in that way, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Nothing can give you more peace. Nothing can give you more contentment than taking all of your cares and worries and giving them to God and trusting that he's going to take care of it in the way that is best for you. Part of the secret of being content is talking to the Lord in prayer, taking everything to him in prayer. One of the biggest reasons that we struggle with contentment and thankfulness is that we focus on the wrong things. We tend to focus on the lives of the rich and famous. We tend to focus on the things that we don't have instead of the things that we do have. We tend to focus on all of the bad things on the news rather than all of the good things that are happening around us. We forget that hardly anyone's going to post bad things about themselves on social media. They're just going to post the good things. But they're human beings just like us, and they have all the same troubles and problems in life that we have. We need to focus on the good things. Paul says, if you're seeking contentment, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if anything is excellent, if anything is praiseworthy, think about these things. If you're struggling with contentment and thankfulness, turn off the news. Disconnect from social media. Reevaluate the things that you're focusing on and make sure they're on the excellent things, the praiseworthy things. Paul had learned to be content while being full or hungry, while having plenty or not enough. That's because his focus wasn't on the earthly things, the things that don't last, the things that are here today, gone tomorrow, the things that don't have any eternal value. He focused on the eternal things. The Bible reminds us heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word will never pass away. The word of the Lord endures forever. If you eat something, you get hungry again. If you drink something, you get thirsty again. But Jesus promises us that he is the bread of life and that he has the water of life to give us so that we'll never hunger or thirst again for all eternity. Part of the secret of being content is making sure we're focusing on the things that are excellent, the things that are praiseworthy, the things that are eternal. Was it easy for the Apostle Paul to be content when he didn't have the things that he needed? When he was experiencing want? When he was sitting in a prison cell? We don't want to get the wrong idea. It wasn't any easier for him than it would be for us. He had a sinful nature just like we do. He confessed that the good that he wanted to do, he didn't always do, just like us. 
that contentment that he knew he should feel, he, he didn't always feel it. Just like us, he needed help in order to be content and to be thankful in any and every situation in which he found himself. So what was the answer? What was the main part of his secret of being content in any and every situation? I think you know it by heart. You probably memorized it. Maybe some of you had it for your confirmation verse. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That was the main key to his contentment. It's important for us to realize that we can't make ourselves content and thankful. Never going to work because we still have a sinful nature that's 100% discontent, 100% greedy, 100% focused on ourselves. So if we try to make ourselves content and thankful, we're only going to make ourselves more and more discontent, more and more helpless, because we're going to fail over and over again. Kind of interesting, isn't it, that we fight against the world, too, during the week of Thanksgiving, the goal of all the media advertising is not to help you be thankful, is it? It's just the opposite. To stir up some greed and discontent so that you hurry off and buy things you probably don't really need with money you might not have just because it's really a good deal. Those ads are very effective because we all have that sinful nature that's 100% greedy, 100% focused on ourselves. We need help. If we're going to learn the secret of being content and thankful in any and every situation, and thankfully, we have the helper, Jesus, who strengthens us. Jesus overcame every temptation to discontent and greed and unthankfulness. When the devil challenged him to use his power to satisfy himself and to turn stones into bread because he was really hungry, he resisted that temptation because he wanted to live not on bread alone, but on every word that came from the mouth of God. He wanted to make sure that his whole life he was devoted to God and doing God's will, not for himself, but for you and for me in our place. He didn't live paycheck to paycheck. He lived one day at a time, trusting in God's provision. Think about any time you hear about Jesus sitting down for a meal, either with a small group like his disciples or 5,000 plus. What's the first thing he does? He looks up to heaven and gives thanks to God for providing the things that he had. He's the one who went to the cross as our perfect substitute, even in the areas of thankfulness and contentment. Having paid for our sin, discontent, and greed, he continues to strengthen us. kind of wonder what people think about when they hear that verse. It's so familiar. You, know, you just say it, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. What are they really thinking? How does God give you the strength? 
Do they imagine that he kind of waves some magic wand up in heaven and all of a sudden you've got the strength to do whatever you want to do? Or are they thinking of it more kind of like a, a spiritual IV infusion that Jesus gives you strength in, in response to your prayer? You have to remember the context, of course. Jesus isn't saying that he's going to give us strength to do whatever it is that we want to do. He's saying that he strengthens us to be like Paul, to be content in whatever situation we find ourselves, good or bad. And the Bible makes it clear the way in which Jesus strengthens us is through some means. We call them the means of grace, the gospel that comes in word and sacrament. That's the only way that he promises that he will strengthen us, not with a magic wand, not with some other weird thing, spiritual infusion, connection with prayer, whatever it might be. It's only through the gospel and word and sacrament. That's the way he chooses to strengthen us. So if you're looking for strength, to have an attitude of contentment and thankfulness, but you don't crack open your Bible and you don't listen to what God is saying to you in his word, and you don't come confessing your sins and being assured of your forgiveness through the body and blood of Jesus in the sacrament, you're going to stay weak. Those are the ways that God has said he will strengthen you, and if you don't make use of them, you won't have the strength to have an attitude of contentment and thanksgiving. A big part of the secret of being content is being connected to the means of grace, to the things that Jesus promises he's going to use to strengthen you in your faith. The gospel, the forgiveness of sins, the sacrament. The final piece of Paul's secret of being content and thankful is fellowship with other believers. Yes, Paul was being strengthened by the word of God. Jesus working through that word of God to enable him to say, I can still be content even though I'm sitting here in prison. But he gave Thanks to God, he rejoiced greatly in the Lord, he says, when Epaphroditus showed up, sent by his fellow Christians in Philippi to give him news of how they were doing, to assure him that they were praying for him, and to give him gifts to help with whatever his needs might be. Their concern for him warmed heart especially that they were willing to be partners with him, he says, in his suffering. Even though he was sitting in prison, and the reason he was there was because he was proclaiming the word of God, they weren't ashamed to be identified with him and maybe put themselves under suspicion. They were willing to stand up with him and the gospel of Jesus, even though it meant they possibly could be persecuted themselves. I think this year we can probably understand what Paul is saying better than ever before, having gone through a time when we couldn't gather together with our fellow Christians, when we couldn't gather around the word, when we couldn't receive the sacrament together. Yes, we could still be strengthened through God's word as we read and studied and meditated it on our own in our homes, 
And yes, we could kind of worship virtually through the internet, but it just wasn't the same. Something was missing. See, God created us to support each other. And he gifts us spiritually with the Holy Spirit with gifts that we can use to encourage one another. What a blessing it is when, like the Apostle Paul, we have other Christians, fellow Christians, who stand with us, who are willing to stand with us in the midst of our trials or troubles to assure us that they love us, to assure us that they're praying for us, and most importantly, to share words of encouragement from the Bible with us. Not surprising then that the writer of the Hebrews tells us that especially during the last days when we're going to be tempted to separate from each other and stay on our own, instead he encourages us not to neglect meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Rather, let us encourage each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. What's the secret of being content in any and every situation? Paul says, talk to God in prayer. Take all your troubles and worries to him, trusting that he's going to answer in the best way possible. Check your focus. Make sure your focus is not on the things that disappear, the things that don't last, that have no eternal value. Make sure you're focused on the things that are excellent and praiseworthy. Most importantly, stay connected to the means of grace, to the gospel and word and sacrament, because those are the only ways that God promises that he's going to give us the strength that we need. And rejoice greatly in the fellowship of believers. The fact that you have people sitting with you here right now and people all over the world who are one in faith with you and who can encourage you with the word. Amen.